0: This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast.
1: You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen
2: on Dubai Eye 103.8. I'm Helen Farmer. This is the Farmer's Kitchen podcast. Getting you in the mood for the weekend and making your tummies rumble. We were meeting the chefs, including British legend Jason Atterton. He's back in Dubai with a whole host of brand new concepts. So, what's he got going on for us we were finding out plus his take on the restaurant scene in London after he wrote an impassioned plea for the city to start rallying we're also getting the latest food news with food writer Dan where's he been going and how did Veganuary go for him and his waistline plus we were catching up with Holly from Heroes of Hope how that community initiative is being so meaningful for the sporting community and the athletes around them We're meeting the chef now, and what a chef we have for you in conversation with Jason Atherton. He is known as one of Britain's best-loved chefs, the owner of multiple Michelin-starred restaurants. He worked alongside the likes of Pierre Kaufman, Marco Pierre White, before joining Gordon Ramsay Holding. Now, his flagship restaurant in Mayfair, Pollen Street Social, opened back in 2011, and got a Michelin star within six months of opening. Um, He's got AA Rosette's good food guide inclusion, and excitingly for us, He's back in Dubai with not one, not two, but three new restaurant concepts. He's working with Marriott and taking over three floors of Grosvenor House. City Social opens in February. I'm so very lucky to have stolen you away from all the preparation, Jason. How are you, chef?
3: Hi, Helen. How are you? Long time no see.
2: It's been ages. I wish you could pop in, but I know you're incredibly busy over there. Did you bring the London weather with you, though, sir? I've got a few complaints about this.
3: I know. You know what? We've been, uh, well, I've been here for quite a few weeks now, getting all this uh, up off the ground. And then my London team, which we call the executive team, they flew in literally before the weather arrived. And I've been joking with them ever since that.
2: Cheers, guys. I should have left you in London (laughs) with this
3: miserable weather.
2: Well, I tell you what, it's not stopping you. Um, I'm so excited to hear about what you've been up to. But before we get to the concept, I'd like to kind of zoom out a little bit. What is it about Dubai that you love so much that... You know, was really helping you put down some roots here, Jason. What what is it about the city?
3: You know, um, oh gosh, I remember all the way back to 1999, early 2000, when Gordon was planning his restaurant here for the first time. There, by Gordon Ramsay, mm-hmm. he. um you know, you go back, well, that's when, like, the year Burj al-Arab uh, was being unveiled and all, you know, Dubai was sort of becoming this incredible um, city it is today. And he said, you know, do you want to go and live in Dubai and run our restaurant there? And I was sort of, you know, where's Dubai? And he's going, you don't know where Dubai is. I've sort of heard of it, but he said well, it's in the Middle East. And being a Brit, the first thing I was, "Do they play football on the tv there <laughs> and can i have a beer on my day off and you got like, your priorities. yes
2: okay and you're I like can. tick tick get me on a plane okay.
3: so, that, so we're done with that bit so then we we flew out for a weekend and i was just mesmerized by you know what back then was like a much smaller city and, and 20 what was that 24 three years ago and You know, I just I just fell in love with the place. Um, You know, I, I, I intended to stay for a year, set the restaurant up and then go back to London. I stayed for four or five years met my wife, got met married at Jebel Alley, had friends outside of the industry for the first time. I know it sounds a little bit crazy, but I had, uh, you know, Chris May, the, the CEO of Dubai Golf, was a good buddy of mine, and all the pros at the Emirates Golf Club uh, became good friends and had friends outside of uh, of that too who were just members of the, the golf club, and, and I had a beautiful life here. Um, but London came calling, and it was time to go back and, and, and carry on our career in London. And, um, you know, and now I just... Feel so privileged to be part of this new project here in uh, in the Grosvenor House. You know, Pam's always been very strong here on our on F and B, mm-hmm. and uh, Pam Willoughby who, who, who creates almost like a culinary wonderland of concepts. Right. Um, so when when we were looking to move uh, to do something um, very ambitious, then there was only one home, and that was the Grosvenor House.
2: Well, I want to hear about some of these concepts. I want to talk about golf quickly. Are you going to get time to go to the Hero Dubai Desert Classic this weekend? Do you think you can sneak away from the kitchens?
3: Some really good tickets. Good, go I'm very excited to go. I'm struggling on time. Uh, but I will pop out for an hour, I promise. You're a man uh, for multitasking.
2: Wesley. I believe in you, chef. I believe in you.
3: <laughs> I, have to go, I have to go. Lee Westwood's a good mate of mine, so I have to go and watch him for a couple of holes and see how wow. he gets on. We were born in the same town workshop, so we uh, we sort of have to go and support Aww, our own, right? Oh,
2: fantastic. Now, before we start talking the concepts we will do in just a couple of minutes, I wanted to ask you a little bit about London because I saw a piece you wrote in the Evening Standard recently talking about London's dining scene. And you said... People see a packed restaurant or bistro or bar and think, my goodness, they must be making a fortune. And I can tell you they're not. And I wondered if you could explain a little bit about some of the challenges that people are seeing in the restaurateurs back in London. And obviously we're in a really privileged position here in Dubai, but it sounds like the restaurant industry is is having a tough time, Jason.
3: It is yeah it 's going through a transitional period which which happens you know um, uh, uh, you know there's a lot of, lot of great sayings out there and so you know great great things don 't last forever and london 's been booming now for a good twenty years um, in the restaurant scene and um, and now you know it, it 's catching up on itself where you know we 're struggling for staff since uh, since breakfast uh, brexit I was about to say breakfast <laughs> oh no, brexit um, and that 's compounded with covid uh, people have found other careers um, to fall back on. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we're, we're now having to sort of get ourselves into a a, a world class position again. But rents are raising, um, taxes are rising, um, producers are increasing because the import uh, duty is coming in from Europe. Um, yes, we have a lot of homegrown grown product, but still wine, all that type of stuff. Um, and, you know, and in, and staffing's demands are increasing. And, you know, like I said, you know, uh, for, for me. I, I wish I could give every every member of my team a million pounds a year plus, but the realities are you can only charge so much money for food mm-hmm. uh, in any venue. So, you know, you have to balance the books, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, And it's becoming more and more tricky. And then it was almost, you know... I, As you read that piece, Helen, you'll see it was almost like a love letter to the London dining scene, right, to say, look, you know, we've had it good here. You know, you should be proud of what all the the chefs, restaurateurs, maitre d's, bartenders have achieved over the last 20 years. But if we don't support them uh, in every way, then we're going to go back 30 years and we'll go back to where Britain had. The worst reputation in Europe.
2: Terrible reputation for food and you are one of the men responsible and women for you know for turning that around and as as you're saying it's all about rallying now in that city to keep that momentum and, and bring it back to its best. Joining us live on the line is chef Jason Nathan, one of Britain's best-loved chefs. He's back in Dubai with three restaurant concepts and opening pretty soon, chef, it sounds like. First up, can we talk about City Social? What can we expect and when can we expect it?
3: Oh, it's very soon. It's Feb 3rd. Ooh, so we open next week. To the public. Next week. That's why I'm struggling to get out to the golf.
2: <laughs> That's right, like next week. He said, sounding excited but a little bit highly strung about it. Now, your social is obviously the big theme that runs through a lot of your restaurants. Tell us about City Social. What, you, what are you thinking in terms of it standing apart from your others, but also from what the offering in Dubai is like?
3: So it's modern European cuisine, um, served sharing format. So we're exact same as what we do in London. Uh, we have a Michelin star and the one in London, but it was never uh, invented to win a Michelin star. It's just done through through its through quality and, and quality of service. And we would say we'd only ever replicate it if we could be at the top of a building because that sort of gives it its. Sort of, um, you know, finishing if you like. So you're eating beautiful food, great service, great wine list, amazing cocktails, great DJs, but all at the top of a building. And then I'm literally sat here now, looking out of a window at the Burj Al Arab and the Palm, um, as I see in the new W Hotel, with an amazing views of Dubai, um, waiting to welcome guests to City Social. Ooh. So we're at the 4D third floor of Tower Two at the Grosvenor.
2: All right. I want you to make us hungry. When you say modern European, can you give us some of the examples, some of some dishes you're expecting to be some of the big hits with diners?
3: Absolutely. So we've got Cornish, we've got these beautiful Cornish brown crabs, which we turn into uh, a gorgeous salad mixed with uh, strange yogurt, uh, cucumber, uh, uh, pickled radish. And then on top of that, we've got beautiful ponzu, uh, tiny little discs of kohlrabi, and then onto the main courses, uh, one of my favourites is this beautiful uh, French line called cod we do, which we roast in Vadovin. And then we serve it with uh, sweet peppercorn, chilli, uh, crab on top and then tiny little uh, salad of uh, coriander and uh, uh, radish. And then for dessert, I would serve you our 100% Sicilian pistachio souffle with our signature chocolate A on top, which melts as you eat into it. Oh, come That's
2: on. Come on. That sounds absolutely amazing oh, i'm so glad you're back in dubai i really am we've also got seven tails which i understand is going to have a bit of a japanese twist when are we looking at that opening
3: that'll open at the same time so that's our yeah. speakeasy bar so the idea behind that is is that uh halfway through your meal three quarters of your meal we sort of you know chat review gauge you if you want to carry on partying uh we've got uh dj's uh beautiful space the negroni game which I won't go into too much. you will um, in, in. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then again, beautiful views of, of, of the of both sides of the harbour, uh, sorry, the marina, um, and the burge, and then the palm. Uh, and everything's inspired by the seven tales of the samurai. So to keep the samurai um, um, alive in Japan, All the children in schools are taught the seven tales of the samurai. So we've taken that as our inspiration. Uh, And then you uh, have a cocktail based on each one of those uh, uh, samurai. So we've had a lot of fun with it. Uh, Little bar snacks to go with it, but it's more about the DJ, the drinking. Of course, we've got some beautiful Wagyu sandu, some gorgeous uh, uh, Japanese Hokkaido squid. Uh, so, yeah, we've got some fun snacks to go with it, but That's it's awesome. all about the partying at Seventh House.
2: Now, the third and final concept. I've heard your lips have been sealed on this one, Jason. Can you tell us anything about it at all? Two more. Two more? This, two, actually. Oh, go so. on
3: the same level as seven tales which i won't open for a few more weeks yet is we have a 60 cover restaurant which is our inspiration for that is miles davis so uh, i've always wanted to open up uh, a restaurant what has um you know swing uh new york jazz as its sort of life and inspiration and this felt like the perfect location for that um it'll open for dinner dinner service uh one sitting um you won't be able to book online it'll just be through a whatsapp number uh, um and that'll be our our deal who'll carry that and then you know although city social will be this restaurant for international guests for everybody to buy residents, people in the hotel. Whoever comes through the door, I'd really like you know our cute little sort of uh, the restaurant with no name, as I've as I've nicknamed it because it doesn't have a name. Um, so that will be its name, the restaurant with no name. Oh, wow, um, it. Uh, live singers uh, singing all the classics uh, from Wednesday through to Saturday. Um, it, it'll serve New York grill food and a really beautiful environment. Um, and I can just see myself in the corner eating a fantastic steak with a nice bottle of red. Oh, yes. uh, steak and in the, and the, and steak in the jazz
2: chops. That sounds phenomenal. Sounds like maybe if you're not going after a Michelin star or two, it sounds like a few could be coming your way. Now, you've had many in your time and I just wondered what does it take and how are you feeling about Michelin now being in Dubai? Because it's been a long time coming. You've said it yourself.
3: It has, yeah. I mean, you, I'm really, really happy for Dubai. I'm really proud to be part of its culinary uh, uh, growing up, if you like, because I've I've been, you know, I I came here with Gordon all those years ago and then worked, you know, it's like almost like a homecoming. So I've I've visited all the suppliers over the last year, a year and a half, um, getting used to all the supply chain again. And, you know, it's like coming home. They've all welcomed me so much, um, showing me all the wonderful produce what you get here now in Dubai. It's just off the charts. The amount of Restaurants and chefs and bartenders and maitre d's and sommeliers, what are flourishing in this uh, metropolis, it it rightly deserves to have its own guidebook. Uh, you know, Gourmio is also here, which is also a, a very, very important guidebook. Um, and, and as well as all the well established What's on Time Out, which has helped no end getting um, Dubai uh, up on its feet. I mean, I was just at the time out market uh, with my wife and kids at it's Christmas, fab, and I just thought it was wonderful. Yeah, I thought it was amazing. Yeah, it and I think now, to be able to you know i'll be honest one of the reasons why i, I went back to london was um you know I, i've spent my whole life uh, in and around michelin star restaurants and i really wanted to 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 run um a restaurant what had the ability at some point to try and get in in, in the red guide and, and we did that with maize and then obviously with pollen street and, and 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 a few more since but at the top of the grosvenor house hotel and, and we this is not just built for it's built for you know, we do a beautiful counter uh, chef experience at Pollen Street. So we changed lots of so in at Pollen Street. And now we just do tasty menu only. Um, and you can have the, the smaller one or the larger one. Um, guests have really taken to it. And it's doing really well. Uh, and now we're, we're, we're bringing that to Dubai, and that will be the final uh, piece of the jig store at the Grosvenor House Hotel. And that will be called Row One Forty Five. 45, Row standing for refinement of work. Um, and that will be tasting menu only, uh, five nights a week, um, 16 courses. Um, and it's um, the restaurant of dreams. Uh, I call Pam the, the dream maker because <laughs> this restaurant is just unbelievable well,
2: she's one of the hardest working women in Dubai there's no, no denying that and I feel like you should be moving back I'm just saying we'd, we'd be very happy to have you here on a permanent basis Chef Jason Atherton thank you so much for your time today especially on a Friday especially in lead up as was said to City Social Seven Tales opening just next week I hope you do get to go to the golf uh, it's going to be a fantastic weekend and I hope you get catch up with your mates and actually relax a little bit it sounds like it's well deserved Jason a pleasure take thank care you. of yourself Heather. all the best how fantastic their City Social Seven Tales openings taking over three floors of Grosvenor House. We're of course talking food this weekend and I know an awful lot of people chefs, restaurateurs are very protective when it comes to letting people cook in their kitchens but Boca is quite the opposite. This DIFC restaurant famed for its food and its attitude towards protecting the planet's sustainability is actually opening their doors for seven weeks of a kitchen takeover. Joining us now, the man behind it, Omar Shahab with us this afternoon. Omar, how are you?
0: Hi, Helen, how are you
2: doing? I'm really well, except I'm now really worried I'm going to be very hungry indeed, because I love your food from all, I mean, whether it's a business lunch or a dinner or some of your collaborations over the last few years have just been absolutely phenomenal. And it sounds like the latest is no exception. You've got a roster of dinners coming up. Tell us about where the idea for Kitchen Takeover came from.
0: Oh, uh, this is not the first time that we've done this. We've always had, we've always hosted chefs from from abroad, um, locally as well. And this time, I thought, you know, I wanted to platform some, you know, people and chefs, uh, great talents that are not necessarily given uh, the limelight all the time. And it didn't necessarily start with this team. I'm actually not a big fan of of this entire team, uh, female chef. There are these women have incredible talent between them. And I've been thinking about doing uh, a set of collaborations this year. Someone last year pointed out Celia Stoklin, who we just had over this week, and said, watch out for her. So I thought, why not bring her over for a takeover? Mm-hmm. And then I thought, there's someone else that I wanted to bring. And I had to almost let myself, I had to, I had to stop myself at some point <laughs> saying, you know, this is enough. It's already <laughs> a lot of coordination, but, uh, that is, but but it's incredible. It's like stripping away. The restaurants or the physical spaces where all of these women work, and just looking at, at them as pure talent, mm-hmm. I'm so excited about this.
2: As you said, this the seven lineup is just phenomenal. You've got a supper club sensation, a neighborhood favorite, catering queen, award-winning cookbook author, power chef under thirty, a pastry mastermind, culinary director of a five-star property. Can you tell us if some of the names that we can look forward to over the next seven weeks?
0: So that's what's unique about this is that everyone is, it is, is, is so different. Each one is obviously cooking a different cuisine, but a different style of service. Uh, we've got one who is doing only pastry, so we're going to do a short savory menu followed by a pastry tasting of five dishes. So this week we had Celia who is uh, obviously French, so she was the head chef at the French Riviera at Al Nassim Mm -hmm. in Jumeirah. Uh, She just finished uh, that project, and you're going to hear a big announcement about Celia. So she cooked a beautiful four-course menu, uh, obviously French-inspired. Everyone was in awe of her uh, hamachi flower, so she shaped this beautiful hamachi fish in in the shape of a flower. It was served with a, with a jalapeno sauce and cucumber and apple and finger lime yeah. and her, um, local red mullet with the, with the risotto was just, was just incredible. I was actually hosting a table yesterday with friends and I stepped out of the t- away from the table and came back and, and 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 saw that the actual dishes were refreshed they ordered second i don't know you could do that
2: <laughs> it's your restaurant you should know this, <laughs> Omar. in terms of i know i know she's been in gone and we've missed that chance but who's up next on the roster
0: so we take a break next week uh, and then we've got uh, two lined up in february we start off with Bethany Kade oh, who fantastic. is a uh, dubai based uh, chef she's a cookbook author and she's going to cook West Asian and North African cuisine.
2: Ooh. never! I can't say I've had that in that combination before. But I really love and trust Bethany's food. She's hugely charismatic, imaginative chef. She's just brilliant. So that's going to... That's Absolutely. Starting on the 7th of Feb, I believe. And then you've got that, another one right. later on in the month. Who's that?
0: Yeah. So on Valentine's, we're starting off with Sarah Akal, who used to be the head chef at Filia at the SLS Hotel. Yes. She's now gone on her own and uh, you're going to see a different personality, a different take on Palestinian ingredients in in her dishes.
2: This sounds just brilliant. We've already had a couple of messages going how to book. So I might hand that over to you, but I'll tell you now, it's running all the way through until May. You're going to be giving the kitchens a a bit of a break and then also letting your your normal team have some fun in the kitchen as well, but running through until May 25th. um, So it's going to be... Well you tell me how many courses you've got drinks included and what's the best way of booking, Omar?
0: Absolutely. So um the all, all the menus obviously there's plenty of food. Like I said, some of them are four course individual dishes. Some some chefs are cooking an eight course sharing menu. Wow. Uh that you've got a, a, a beverage package included um in, in the dinner and you can head to boca.ae to book.
2: I'm going to be heading along for sure in March. Can't wait to see Gabriella from Girl and the Goose. But I think whether it's someone you know or just the sense of discovery, as you're saying, some names to watch in the future... Brilliant opportunity to go along and enjoy some fantastic food. Good, Always good conversation around your tables, Omar, as well. Thank you so much. I'm going to let you get back to the kitchens and your busy team there as ever. And uh, congratulations. It sounds like a brilliant collaboration as ever. Omar saying, excited for the Boca takeover. Really looking forward to Chef Bethany on his birthday. Now you need to check those bookings, Omar. There's another Omar coming in who's going to be hungry and ready to celebrate. Take care of yourself. (laughs) All the very best of the team there. And if you want the details of that takeover, it's at boca.aeb. B O C A D I F C restaurant and truly one of the most imaginative and as I said sustainable, a really, really great way of looking after the planet and enjoying some fantastic food as well. Those collaborations, seven chefs, seven weeks taking place through until May. Joining us live on the line is food writer Dan. He's giving us the latest food news and hopefully some ideas and inspirations for where to go over the weekend. Before we get to where you've been and where you're going to be going, Dan, I want to know how Veganuary went. What were your reasons behind going vegan for Jan?
4: Because I'm just too fat at the moment.
2: stop. Okay, Dan, here's the the big thing about about being a vegan. You can be a really unhealthy vegan, you can just eat chips and Oreos the whole time. So did you
4: do it... how did it's you like do tried it? and tested. That it's tried and tested. I did it last year and it worked. But I've actually um, enlisted the help of one of your guests the other week, Nikki, the um, Nikki,
2: He's lovely. Yeah. He? How's it going?
4: Oh, it's going really well. So whereas before I was just kind of really strictly vegan and not eating any calories, whereas now I'm actually kind of losing weight healthily so I'm good. feeling a lot better and I've, I think I've dropped about a stone which is what Whoa. about four and a half, five kgs Whoa. Um that's brilliant good for, good yeah, for you. Yeah, in like four weeks but I, um... but then again I've got to go to uh, I'm flying to Singapore on Sunday and then going to Sydney and then to Sri Lanka and then to the UK so mm. I'm sure we'll um, let's, let's talk after I get back from all that and tell you how my weight loss journey's going.
2: Just get your steps in. I went for a workout yesterday morning and I'm, I'm honestly not exaggerating when I say this, I'm having to arrange the computer desk around me a bit closer because my arms hurt when I stretched them out. I was blow-drying my hair this morning and I was like, it's just going to have to be the fringe because I'm in too much pain to blow-dry the whole thing.
4: Oh, I've been there. After my first PT session, I physically couldn't lift my arms. I just felt ridiculous. And, and like it was like three or him. four days. I could not lift like physically; it just, they just would not move. I was really worried that I'd be stuck like that forever. But after about four days, I could finally do it again.
2: Was it motivating lifting food to your mouth, getting getting that fork action, or, or oh, you, or a you to, to your mouth? Yeah.
4: So the day after, I had to yeah I had to um, take a client out for a coffee, and it was like, "Are you all right?" Because I had to like stoop over my um, over the desk to try kind of. Get my coffee balanced, so I could just kind of like stick it. Oh, oh it was bless ridiculous. it down. was awful, but well, I'm fine now. I've had like eight sessions now, so good. I'm borderline Adonis.
2: Borderline Adonis. Well, I feel honoured to be talking to you this afternoon. My my borderline Adonis. So, where have you been going? <coughs> where have you been eating out? I've been keeping an eye on the Instagram, but I love hearing it from you. Tell us more.
4: Yeah, so I've I've been a little bit quieter than usual, but um, so I went. I managed to go to Oceano just before um the uh veganuary kicked in Mm -hmm. um which was just incredible as always so i've not been to gregoire's um newest um (laughs) uh, not metanoia i think that was wonderlust it's called so i think metanoia was the previous one and this one's called wonderlust and it was just amazing as usual like i can't speak highly enough of, of of what they're doing over there but because of me doing veganuary, uh, it's made me kind of be a lot more conscious about where I'm going. Mm-hmm. So a place that I've been more than once this month is Jun's in um, downtown.
2: Kelvin's Place.
4: Yeah, Calvin's Place, yeah. Uh, I think he's been a guest on the show before, hasn't he? He
2: has, you? he's a great guy. My goodness. I haven't yeah, actually been lovely. here, but
4: I've <gasps> seen... Um, I know.
2: Dan... I know, believe me, I'm judging myself Honestly, for the minute. Honestly, fantastic. This is in downtown and I've heard breakfast is really good, which you wouldn't think. Tell us a little bit more about the cuisine and what you enjoyed.
4: Um, so he's got a, a background in, um, so he his family have always been in restaurants and have uh, had lots of kind of brunch in nice, cool places, hipstery places in uh, Chicago. Um, So it's very kind of like fresh. He's got um, a lot of inspiration from Asian cuisine, from uh, Indian specific cuisine. And it's just a really nice amalgamation of kind of using local ingredients and using local spices and kind of using the techniques that he's gained from his different journeys and it's just fantastic it's it's really unique it's not your standard kind of dubai fare of of having like truffle and Burata. caviar and everything on everything and burrata on it i think he does do a burrata but it's very different than any other burrata in town um but it's just it's just brilliant it's just a really really chilled place you can sit outside with your dog if you wish um it's just yeah it's just like I can't speak highly enough of it. I think I've been. It's only been open probably six months, and I think I've been seven or eight times now. Wow! Um,
2: High praise. It's near to
4: my yeah. It's near to my work, so it's just kind of very convenient. Just trying to take someone good and so that's. And the consistent. That's Jun's, yeah
2: j u n as i said chef kelvins i've I've had a look on their Instagram recently, and I saw some chocolate chip pancakes that looked absolutely
4: mm. amazing,
2: so it is very much on the list now, yeah,
4: they're doing a new brunch, and it's like um like breakfast yeah, yeah, exactly, it's more sort of like not the dubai brunch, it's more kind of this casual, you sort of go at around eleven and you just have. A bit of savoury and a bit of sweet. It's not one of these kind of like all-in-one packages where you just go crazy. It's, it's very sort of like Good. casual and you just rock up whenever you want. And it's a really nice concept. And there's not enough places in Dubai that are doing it, so I'd definitely recommend checking it out this weekend if you're at a lot of things to do.
2: Jun's Dubai on the Instagram. If you fancy having a nosy, as I said, top of the top of that uh, says uh, a, a different, a new way to brunch. Saturday, Sunday, eleven till five thirty. Drinks packages, food à la carte. Families welcome, pet friendly, and it says vegan options as well. Just, just for you. Yeah. Dan. Now, here's the question. This time last week, the whole of Dubai was a buzz with Atlantis chatter. <laughs> were you, were you invited to go and see Beyonce? Have you made it to Royal Atlantis yet?
4: So I made like the the list that allowed to go to the pre-pre-pie. So Me I went too. to, um, <laughs> oh, I'm sure you got invited to the meeting. I like, did, did, I, must-
2: did I? Heck, I went camping what? in protest. No, of course I didn't. do <sighs> be ridiculous. What if,
4: That's great. Yeah, so,
2: so where did you make it there? Where did you go?
4: So we went to um, Jaleo, Haleo, um, which is Jose Andres' place in there, which was really cool because we got to kind of go and do a, um, uh, Paella Masterclass. Um, and there was um, Gary Mee. I don't know if you know who Gary Mee is, but I'm someone who's watched MasterChef Australia yeah, since I was like 10 years. And he was there and I ended up just befriending him and we just hung with him all day. And um, yeah, it was really cool and it was nice food. And the hotel's pretty stunning. Oh, you had a bit but, yeah, of a
2: fanboy uh, moment. Oh, yeah, it
4: was amazing. I was out. Yeah, it was definitely a fanboy moment. But it was super nice and it was just he's not on the show anymore so he was he was brought over like in an influencer capacity and he was really embarrassed by it Because they usually get invited to stuff like that from being a tv host but now he's just he's merely an influencer so it's kind of like
2: he's got half a million followers on instagram he's doing all right is gary um so tell us then just lastly before i let you get back to your friday afternoon where are you going this weekend what's on the what's on the plan i'm flying to Singapore. to Oh, very nice. Good for you. Yeah,
4: I've got a, I've got a work trip there. So I've got um a dish booked at a place called Cloud Street that's recently gone from one star to two stars, which I'm very excited about. Um, and it'll be the end of Vegan so I can eat all the um, proteins that I want again. Well, um,
2: you enjoy yourself. Dan, for anyone wants to follow your adventures, vegan or otherwise, you're on Instagram at foodwriterdan. As you can hear, only the honest chat only the best places in town wishing you a lovely weekend safe travels go and enjoy too. some uh, some hawker stalls bring back some souvenirs and uh yeah, we'll have a little way in upon your return all right definitely all right dan you're a star thank Take you care. thank you dan as i said food writer dan um he's uh across the latest and uh a good good value as well good chats with dan a man who is head chef at not one but two restaurants. Chef Pablo Hernandez de Alva is the man in charge of Bebamos and Beef Bistro at the Meridian Dubai Hotel and Conference Centre and we've stolen him away from his busy kitchens this Friday afternoon for a bit of a chat. He is uh, twice rewarded a Michelin distinction called the Michelin Plate and I want to talk a little bit about you, chef, but also what's on the menu. So where are you from, Pablo? Oh, hello,
5: how are you? Uh, well, I was born in Mexico uh, my family, its uh, half of my half family is Spanish, so I spend a lot of time in Barcelona. Oh, lucky uh-huh.
2: you. <laughs> yeah. I ask a lot of chefs about their favourite foodie city and Tokyo comes up a lot. But for me, Barcelona is the home of where I had some of the best food in my entire life. And I wondered if you perhaps could give us a little bit of insider knowledge on tapas and, and how you are representing your Spanish side down there.
5: Okay, inside on tapas. Well in Barcelona, in my experience when um, being there it's uh, you go to the bars, no? To the you have to go to the bars when you live where you listen the people speak the language of Barcelona, no? Mm-hmm. When you speak Catalan in the bar, go inside there. For sure you will have the best tapas in the world. That's <laughs> what I do every everywhere I travel you go and speak in the restaurant and if you hear the local language, go inside. Oh, for I sure love you will that. have a great experience
2: chase the catalan for the best food and how are you representing yeah. it here in dubai what are some of the things on the menu that represent that tapas side of, of your so heritage here,
5: here in the demo, what we did is we changed a little bit the menu so we changed everything from the starters like tapas you can get like a starters. so we put 35 different type of tapas trying to represent all the tapas in spain most famous ones the uh, Fried items and Spanish omelette, bravas. We did a little bit of change in the bravas. We did, uh, we gave them uh, another touch. Mm, no, not the, not the classical tapas, not, not not the classical bravas, but another touch. No, like uh, we want to make the similar tapas here, bravas here in, in Bebemos. Oh, you're making we, me
2: hungry now for patatas bravas. Yeah. <laughs> I'm. I, do you know what? On the on a day like today, I feel like a good steak would be just the winter warm we need. Tell us a little bit about Beef Bistro. What's on the menu there? You've got some really good prime cuts. What should we be looking for
5: in a great steak, chef? So so you come into Beef Bistro, the steak is up to your choice. No? We have uh, Argentinian, Irish, New Zealand, very very famous New Zealand here. You have that salty touch on the, on the, on the meat because cows feed near the sea. Then we have uh, very high-end things like Japanese meat. Uh, a lot of our customers order us Kobe meat. Uh so what you have to look is whatever your body tells you. You want <laughs> tenderloin, ribeye, a little bit of grease, not that much greasy. Hey, uh, that's, nice that's where the flavor
2: meat. is. Um now yeah. can you settle an argument for me? Something that, one of the few things me and my husband fall out about is I've heard from so many chefs about the importance of resting a good steak and he worries that they're going to get cold. So what do you say about that worry? If you're cooking a steak at home, or indeed in, in your kitchens there at the Meridian Dubai, how mu- how important is resting that meat before serving it and cutting it?
5: Well, it's important to rest it uh, so the juices stay in. No? It's like uh, it has too many heat, so if it rests a little bit, you will give it time to absorb again the juices, and then you have the juiciness of the meat.
2: Good. Okay, I'm, I'm sending him the podcast. Um, Chef, <laughs> l- lastly, before I let you get back to your kitchens and the team there, if we're going to come, well, you've got two restaurants, so could you choose your favourite dish from each of them if we're going to come down and visit you this weekend? What should we be your ordering?
5: Favourite dish from each of them? Well, from the demos is the, the new brabats. I mean, they're amazing. Everybody says the same. And from beef bistro, I like very much the tatas. We make it fresh. we got the meat in front of everyone. We make tartar in front of you. So it's really, really fresh.
2: Chef Pablo, thank you so much. Get back to the kitchens. I know you're going to be busy over the weekend. Really appreciate your time. And yeah, now I just thank want to you. go to Barcelona. So <laughs> someone get <laughs> okay. me a plane. Chef Pablo speaking to us from Babmos and Beef Bistro at Lemeridin Dubai Hotel and Conference Centre. Earlier today, I was at Emirates Golf Club because, of course, the Hero Dubai Desert Classic is underway. It is the longest-running and most anticipated annual golf event, and it started back in 1989, bringing together golfing stars, but also food, entertainment, really getting busy when I was there late morning. So people piling through the gates to see some incredible, incredible stars. Now, previous winners have included... Tiger Woods, Ernie Ells, um, Danny Willett, Roy McElroy, he's there this weekend. And it's not just about the golf. There's so much more happening. Today's a bit of a family day as well. And joined now by Holly Murphy. She is the founder of Heroes of Hope, which is an official partner at the Hero Dubai Desert Classic. And she's joining us right now from Emirates Golf Club itself. Holly, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm really well. Thank you for making the time to be with us today. I know it's all happening there. Um, for anyone that's not familiar with Heroes of Hope and the amazing work you do, can you explain a little bit about the concept and, and what, uh, what you're really addressing with the community here in Dubai? Uh,
1: sure. So to put it in a Heroes of Hope is a not-for-profit sports academy for children and adults with additional needs. So basically we specialise in programming people of determination here in the UAE. So we offer a variety of sports and then health and fitness activities on a daily basis. And then that allows us then as well to participate in events then at the weekend.
2: So what are you up to at the uh, Hero Dubai Desert Classic? How are How is your team getting involved?
1: So we've had a fantastic experience uh, alongside the desert golf. So over the last number of weeks, um, we've had a group of our athletes from the ages of eight right through to the age of 20. Um, who've been um, given the opportunity to work with the coaches in a build-up to the the competition. So they've actually been learning how to play golf. Wow. So for most of them, it was the first time ever, obviously, to be at a golf club, let mm-hmm. alone to hold a golf club and ball. So it's been just a phenomenal experience for them and also the families to be part of the golf community and to be able to Learn golf at such a fantastic level and in such a fantastic facility.
2: I have to say, I saw you guys at a recent tournament, sitting on the grass watching the trick shot guys, and could, everyone yeah. was absolutely wrapped—just massive smiles on faces. And it must be amazing to kind of connect the dots between, you know, the pros and the trick shot guys, and oh, you know, yeah. some of your team actually being able to, to play to, you know, to be out there and, and realize something that perhaps that hadn't even occurred to them—that could be part of their lives.
1: Oh, absolutely! I think. Um, Over the last couple of months, really, we've been kind of working towards this with our heroes. And there's been like some some phenomenal moments like throughout that. I think at one point we have a little boy who has got cerebral palsy and he actually met a professional golfer who also has cerebral palsy. And he was teaching him on a one-to-one level Mm -hmm. how to adapt it and how to actually hold the club based on, obviously, their disability. So for us, that's the first time that little boy got to see a professional athlete just like him and it gave him a lot of hope mm-hmm. obviously for his future and particularly in sport and then just in general I think having the opportunity just to watch golf and to teach them the rules and the skills and basically telling them that they've got a place in this sport I think that's um, a really positive message and also for the families
3: Absolutely. so that they know they
1: have a place a safe space to bring their children um, and they will be accepted and of course they'll learn lots of new skills and meet lots of new people so The whole experience, like, as a whole, it's just been really, really really unique and very special for everybody involved. So, yeah, it's just been, it's a fantastic to be part of it all. We talk about
2: inclusivity a lot, but, I mean, I couldn't think of a better example than the one you've just given. As you're saying, families feeling, you know, welcomed and celebrated. That level of care, my goodness, to have a one-on-one, that's just absolutely incredible. Um, So, across the tournament week, you're obviously raising awareness and, and, you know, getting us involved as well. And I understand you've also partnered with Al Jalila Foundation. Holly, tell us a little bit about that partnership.
1: Yeah, so we are in partnership with the Al Jalila Foundation and you'll actually spot us on uh, on their website and we're actually um, partnering with them so that we're in a position to fundraise for the organisation. So we're very heavily dependent on the generosity and in particular on fundraising and donations uh, for our community. So as it stands, we actually have 250 athletes who attend our daily programmes Wow. And then every coach that you see part of the, part of this is actually volunteering their services and time to obviously give back to the community, but more importantly, to be there for these children and to give them those daily activities. So um, we are very heavily dependent, really, on generosity and the kindness of others. Um, we're very, very much so a community outreach initiative. And uh, we've been operating now for almost three years um, in Dubai on a full-time basis. So we do have a lot of members. Um, a lot of children, a lot of adults. And then, obviously, we also tailor for the siblings and, of course, the parents. So we have a lot going on. It's a, it's a seven-day-a-week. <laughs> I'm sure. 365 <laughs> days a sure year. I'm sure it is. But yeah, it's non-stop.
2: It's grown hugely during that time and it's been wonderful to watch you grow and continue to grow we've had a message saying how can we get involved from eric and go to heroes and you can register athletes but also if you are a coach you want to get involved in that in that respect by all means head over there and apply holly i'm going to let you get back to your heroes there have a fantastic time at emirates golf club hope to catch up with you over the weekend and again just love everything you do so i know i know it's an awful lot of hard work but my goodness what you're giving back to the community is just not to be underestimated. So thank you. Thank you so much. Appreciate your time. Holly speaking to us, as I said, Heroes of Hope. So if you want to get involved as a volunteer or indeed you've got a young athlete, a young person of determination, by all means, just send me a message saying Hero and I'll send you that link. But you can, of course, find the Heroes of Hope athletes across the whole weekend. They're at the Hero, appropriately, Dubai Desert Classic at Emirates Golf Club. It is underway. It's family day. I know a lot of people look like they were having a long weekend and kids obviously finishing school early on a Friday. So make sure you get yourself down there this afternoon. The clouds are parting. The weather's looking fantastic for the weekend. So it's the only one place to be. Thanks for being with us on this episode of Farmer's Kitchen. You can tune in live every single Friday afternoon between 2 and 5 on Dubai I 103.8.